0: Welcome to the CCF Podcast. We're a campus ministry at Truman State University. This podcast features sermons from our weekly worship services. Thanks for listening. You ever have that recurring fantasy where you sit in a room and you think, what would I do if someone kicked the door in right now? What would I do if they ran in here, they started beating me up, they don't want to steal my stuff, they're trying to take my children, take them. What do you what do do when it's I love my kids. You ever have that recurring fantasy? Is this a thing that people who aren't teenage boys or like teenage boys ever do? I spent a lot of I've spent a lot of time with that um, recurring fantasy. I don't know if that's weird or not. I remember distinctly when Tab and I were first married, I was barely not a teenager. We lived at 8080 Orchard over there near the CCF house where Reed and Leanne lived later. And uh, it's a tiny little church house, and I would sit in the living room doing my homework, I guess. And uh, I would just, I, for whatever reason, there's like a window behind the couch, <clears throat> and I was like, if a car drove through that wall, if they were like, got through that wall grab the Rungu, I'd run over. I would, and I would, like I didn't do a lot of physics homework because I was just working on how far into the, I was doing homework, but it, just, it wasn't assigned. How far in would the car make it? What what would happen? What would I do next? Um, and I, I spent a lot of time doing that. I don't know about you. <clears throat> One time in that East Orchard, that same house, Tabitha, me, um, our sisters were visiting, two of our little sisters who were like in high school at the time and we're all in the living room. It's like late at like a Saturday night. We're watching What About Bob, Keith? I promise you, we were actually watching What About Bob. We're sitting in the living room, and all of a sudden, they like, this is a tiny house, the kitchen is like four feet deep, and then there's this little back spider room with a back door, and uh, that back door just goes <laughs> and like slams open. And we're just, just like sitting there watching the movie, and uh, it's a little shocking. And uh, I, s- I stand up, look, it's just darkness through the door out into the back darkness. I, like take a step. Excuse me. Can I help you? This is this is my line. This is verbatim. This is my line, which I know because I have um, relayed the story to my son Jude, who is a thirteen-year-old boy, and he, on a almost weekly basis, is like, "Really, Dan? Excuse me. Can I help you? That's really what. That's really what you said. That's what you did. What would you have done if someone came in there?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah I spent a lot of time, but in that moment, and I'm pretty proud of myself." excuse me, I didn't reach for a, you know, tear off a, a, the couch leg to have a weapon or anything. I was excuse me? Like, can I help you? Are you lost? Do you need water? What's happening? And um, Jude, he just, he, he can't get over it. And um, what would you have done, Dad? Which maybe in some way is, like, encoded for, do you love my mom? Were you going to protect her? Which in some way is encoded for, like, now I'm here. Do you love me? And he's like, ah, no, I don't need you. I'll take care of it. He's like, I'll run down to the basement. I'll go to the toolbox. <laughs> I'll spare you the details. Uh, the, the the point here is, um, what would I really do? In, in that moment, I was like, I was kind of proud of myself. I was kind of happy. Uh, because, you know, if I'm like a person, and I'm a husband and a father, so what would I, like, of course, I'll do whatever I have to do if there's, like, real danger, and I would. Uh, and yet, and yet, I am also more than an animal, and I'm, like, pretty pleased to say that I think over the last 10 years, I, I really, I feel this inside myself. Thankfully I'm not presented with the opportunity that often, uh, but I, I think I can really say I am so married to a slaughtered lamb that I, I see, like, I, my, my mind has been changed, my heart has been shifted, and I, I just, I see through, like, answering violence with violence, like, what, what really does that do? I will feel better for three seconds? That, that, that's about it. Now I'm in jail. Congratulations, children. You have no father because, you know, I got my satisfaction in that, those three seconds. And, and I, I, I really, like, I, thankfully, mercifully, I'm not presented with that level of opportunity all that often. Uh, but I have, I'm given significant time and energy and thought and, like, lesser scale versions of what will I do in this situation when presented with this injustice, when presented with this uh, pain for somebody I love. Like, what do I do? And um, I'm happy to say that I, th- I think it's possible um, for our affections, um, for our, our mindsets, um, even for, for our impulses and our reactions, it's possible for those to be disciplined by Jesus into a better way than what is, in the moment, just brute animal instincts that, that like, in more sober moments, we can tell, like, well, this is no, no good as, like, a final answer. What does this actually do? Uh, I'm happy to say... <clears throat> Not least, uh, from these words of Jesus. Continuing on in the Sermon on the Mount. On the Mount. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Okay, Jesus, thank you. Uh, I am utterly convinced um, that, that violence really is not an answer. And I recognize I speak out of like, second hand, third hand, at best, like personal experience, but I again, like lower levels, um, I've seen it, I've felt it, I've stared at it and, and wrestled with it, and uh, I'm learning to respond in other and better ways. Uh, Violence is not the answer. So what does that mean? We hear Jesus here, turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, do not resist. So what is Jesus saying? Clayton's skeptical face is saying it. Really? Just passivity? That's it? So it's either, like, it's respond in kind, violence, and take care of the problem, uh, or what? You You do nothing? Like, is that, does that make sense? Does that sound like? Something that the Jesus who has spoken all of these other things so far that we've heard about, and into these difficult situations, um, is that the sort of response that um, it seems like Jesus would put on offer—a kind of uh, brain-dead, neutral passivity that just, I guess, isn't bothered. No, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, and. Um, here's how. So this tiny little book, um, which is awesome, it's by Walter Wink, it's called Jesus and Nonviolence. A third way, so good news, um, violence is a way, and that one happens all the time. Passivity, like trying to avoid, pretending like something's not happening, um, that actually happens all the time also. Uh, and uh, Jesus, uh, I believe, is not um, advocating for either of those, um, but is presenting us uh, followers of him into a brand new world, uh, presenting us with, with a third way, in line with the upside down nature, the radical, surprising, life-giving nature of uh, his kingdom and his way. And so in this tiny little book, Walter Wink, um, who's like a theologian professor slash activist, he's probably retired now, I guess, um, he, he writes at length about um, this passage in particular and this um, about nonviolence. And about nonviolent movements and um, historically Christians, um, little pockets of the church that have taken um, nonviolence and, and a third way really seriously. And he says, our, our options extend beyond um, violence with violence or passivity in the face of violence. And he says, actually, um, what we are called um, to respond with and into a body is militant nonviolence. So it's not, it's not shrinking away, it's not responding in kind, uh, but it is it is standing. Staring in the face of what is there, the evil that is on the other side, um, in the hope, um, that that something better can come, um, we stare into a world that we know is not right, um, and and what do we do about that? Um, he says, militant nonviolence, um, is anchored in a hope, um, that Jesus has inaugurated a better way, and that we're called now to begin to step into that. Uh, so he says, actually, I want to demonstrate this because we're going to go um one by one through through these things. If anyone slaps you uh uh the next one your cloak and then um uh sorry i'm just looking for who's the right is does somebody want to volunteer what's that no it'll be it's uh, the hunter it was hunter's birthday recently just just come down here uh hannah's want to oh i see you're volunteering to slap no i'll take care of that side okay here's here's what it is um uh, the, these things um you you've heard these things turn the other cheek go the extra mile uh, the, walter wink um his point is um we have uh we've lost something there and we've we've screwed up uh and and actually um what's what's going on in this is um it's it's a militant nonviolent approach and so uh he says i guess i'll be the i'll be the aggressor i'll be the one in power you'll be the the christian person that that jesus is talking to um, here, here's what he says. Okay. So try to follow me. We'll, I'll, I'll give you more of this later, but I, I think it actually makes sense. The passage says, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Where's your right cheek, Hunter? Okay. I'm in a right-handed culture, right? This world, right-handed, because left-handed, some cultures are still this way. So I, I do things like fighting and whatever. I'm um, with my right hand. So I slap you on the right cheek with my right hand. It means I'm backhanding you right here. And you know who does that? Anyone in power who has the ability to do that? Masters over... No, no, really. Like, culturally. Masters over slaves, husbands to wives, parents to children, anybody. It's a its a power differential thing. I slap you to, to put you in your place, to make sure you know you are subservient, get back in line, do your thing, listen and obey when I tell you to do this, whatever. Um, so I, I I slap you, and now... Oh, sorry. You guys are wanting me to really do it, you bloodthirsty freaks? I'm just... Uh, so if anyone, so it's not incidental, Jesus didn't just pick a random cheek, if they slapped you on, uh, say the right cheek, um, that's, that's how it happens, um, and, and what that reinforces is that I, a person who don't really have the right to be lording it over another person, um, and making sure that that person feels less than their full humanity, uh, and so what does Hunter get to do in this situation, what are his options? He can respond with violence, I guess. Like, yeah, go ahead and lash out at me, and now you're dead because you're a slave and I'm the master. You're a kid and I'm the parent. Um, so that's, like, you can do it, I guess. You'll have in that instant, like, some satisfaction. It'll feel good to, you know, punch me back or do whatever. Um, I guess we're, like, a longer-term plotting thing. You still haven't, you haven't changed anything, except maybe making me and my people up here, like, more mad. So now we're really going to, like, put the thumb to you and drive you down. It's going to be right here. Okay, his other option is... Passivity, the Clayton way, right? So he's just like, oh, oh um, I guess it's just, that's this is how it is. This is how the world is. I get slapped. They get to slap. I do whatever. Um, that, that's passivity. That's, that's an option. Avoiding any kind of confrontation. Um, what does Jesus say to do? Neither of those. What does he say to do? Turn to him the other cheek also. So I slapped you, I put you in place, and now I'm ready to move on and get back to making sure everyone else is in line. And Hunter, rather than slinking away, and yes sir, thank you, and rather than lashing out at me, what he does instead, I slapped him, now what he does instead, he turns to me his other cheek. This is his left cheek, okay? He turns to me this cheek. Now, now uh, now I now what he has done is, is put the onus on me. Keep that cheek right there, thank you. I have limited options. In this power differential, he's redeeming a broken, uh, d- uh, structural power thing, because now if I'm going to hit him again, I'm going to have to come this way. And now, now we're peers. Now we're fighting man to man. I'm not backhanding him because he's a child or a subservient. Um, we're we're in a fight, and now I've acknowledged you're on my level. Like, oh shoot, I can't get to, I can't get oh back over to his right cheek. What's he going to do? Just keep turning. I'm going to like keep running. The, <laughs> I'm not going to be made to look like a fool. I'm in charge here. I'm the one who tells you what to do. He turns to me the left cheek, and he says, he says, N- now what are you going to do? And, and um, you know, it can be construed in any number of ways. The important part is um, that it's it's given me, it's forced me into um, the opportunity to have to consider what am I going to do next? Uh, maybe I catch a glimmer of, like, oh, my goodness, this is a, Person H Thompson, whoever he is, Gillen. There's a Hunter Thompson here and a Hunter Thompson, the author. It's given me the chance to consider um, what what is going on here. This is another person. Um, he has he has raised the stakes. Um, to to allow both of us, um, to be pushed toward um the full humanity of each of us, and to ask ourselves and to consider can something else and better happen here? Is something broken here? Um, but, and, but not by backing down. And not by lashing out, by, by creatively saying, okay, he, here I am. Thank you, Hunter. That's the, that's the right trick. Very good job. <laughs> the next one's a little easier. We won't demonstrate. If anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let them have your cloak as well. Tunic. Outer garment. This secondary shirt that I'm wearing that's making me very hot right now. Cloak. Inner garment. Call it the... Undershirt, the underwear, okay? Someone's going to sue you, take your tunic. There's a whole long backstory here with actually some Old Testament law behind it. Uh, but uh, again, what we're dealing with is Jesus is talking to the people, as we've well established throughout the sermon, um, who are the lower folks. These are the poor folks. These are the ones um, who don't have much status. Um, they're the ones who are being um, sued and having to, to put up, they don't have enough money to pay it off, so they put up their clothes for collateral. Uh, Jesus says here, and this is the thing that happens, um, you have to give your tunic as collateral so they know that you still owe them and you're indebted, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's an Old Testament law that says if you take the tunic of a poor person as collateral for something they owe you, make sure you give it back to them at night because they're poor, it's all they have. How else are they going to stay warm? So there's like this this merciful uh, uh, angle included um, in the law. Okay, So here... Um, Jesus is talking to to those people um, who are familiar with, with this kind of thing going on. And again, it's we are the, the rich ones. You are indebted to us. We have the power to hold you there and keep you down. Um, and Jesus says, what, what are you going to do? They take your tunic. What are you going to do? Sneak in, steal it back? You're going to say no. You're going you're to rip it back. Um, a moment of satisfaction, and then you're squashed. Your people are screwed. Nothing has changed except they're more angry. You're more, you're gone. Right? So you can do that. You can just passively accept it. This is how it is. It sucks, but that's that's it. That's all I got. Okay, here you go. Um, Jesus says, for his um, militantly nonviolent, creative third way, what does Jesus say? Um, they take your jacket? Go ahead and give them your under give them your underclothes. G- give them your undergarment as well. And now, so so picture you know the courtroom where this is happening, like ding ding, you owe him that, okay. And he's like, Oh, that's not all here. Have this also. And now you're standing there stark naked in the courtroom. Again, so say it's Hunter, just because that's convenient. Hunter is standing there, like, confused, looking away. Uh, uh, Nakedness in this culture also is shameful, like in ours. But for, for us, whereas it would be shameful for me if I were standing here naked, for them, it would be shameful for all of you. You're the one beholding it. So it's actually on you. So the tables have been turned again. I have taken the little that I have given more than all of that, and said, now now what? And again, I've forced Hunter, Hunter has forced me, sorry, Hunter has forced me um, to acknowledge like, oh my goodness, yeah, what, what am I doing? When is enough enough? Is this another person? Is there a better arrangement we can make here so that you have clothes and I still have enough food to eat and whatever's going on? And it's been it's been put to me. I have the chance um, to recognize hunters, humanity, and dignity, and maybe think about that. Uh, but also my own greed, complicity in this kind of thing, where I just want to take and take and take, and I have power, and so I'm comfortable. Um, again, the tables have been turned, and Jesus says, don't respond violently and kind. Don't just passively take it. Uh, but but consider how is it that you can raise the stakes and move both of you into this possibility. Uh, where, where each of you is seen in your full humanity. Because it's for the, the oppressor side also, they, they need in this case. Like it's, it's not good for them um, to be able to just skate by with these uh, uh, wrong ideas and wrong practices. Um, their soul is in danger. Your soul is in danger. Um, Jesus has in mind um, how can we all together uh, get ourselves through this confrontational moment um, into a place where something better can happen. One mile, two mile, same story. Roman soldier can make you go a mile. Um, If you go farther than that, um, he can get in trouble. So, like, they're only allowed to force, uh, uh, I'm I'm the bad guy. I'll be the Roman soldier. Here, Chuck, carry my pack for me. It's too heavy for me. You can only take it one mile. When we get to the mile, I'm like, okay, give it back. And Chuck's like, nah. And now I'm in the very strange position, the unfamiliar position of being like, Give me back my burden. I I want to carry it. You, what are you doing? Stop taking that. And I can like get in legitimate trouble from my superiors. So there's like, again, like I the stakes have been raised, and I am forced into this moment of consideration. Uh, but also just the the absurdity of like, no, I want to do the thing that I've made you do for me. Give it back to me. And um, Jesus again, um, is is giving both parties uh, the opportunity. Is saying. Chuck's militant nonviolence, his creative working for a third way, gives both of us the chance um to peek into a world that is different and better, a, a world where where God's kingdom, uh, that shalom, actually reigns. In the face uh, of violence, th- this is the option um that Jesus presents to us: not shrinking, not reacting in kind, uh, a creative third way of militant nonviolence. The passage continues. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. Um, here in the second half, we're, we're presented with, okay, maybe I buy that Jesus, creative, militant, nonviolent, third way, uh, but wh- where does that extend? like wh- What do I do about that? Um, who does it apply to? And uh, you have heard it said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy, uh, d- which is not the actual Old Testament command. It's just uh, uh, love your neighbor. But it's not hard to imagine, like, what accretes on top of that when the implication is, well, who is my neighbor? We have other parables explicitly asking that question. It's not hard to imagine the next step of, well, if I'm called to love my neighbor, what does that mean that I am supposed to do toward other people? Maybe I can be neutral, indifferent, over here, like, all the way toward hatred for my enemies. Um, Jesus says, love your enemies. Pretty stupid. I mean, it's like a contradiction in terms, love, love your enemies. Um, it's also probably, Reed was mentioning this, uh, is, is it the most radical notion in the history of ideas and the world and human interactions to lo- to love your enemies? Um, I would say yes. <coughs> My question is this. Uh, do, you, do you have enemies? Do people have enemies? You don't have to raise your hand, I guess, but like do you do you have enemies we live in a very particular time and place for some people in other times and places in the world that's a it's a lot easier question to answer um for many of us i suspect that we don't sit around thinking about we don't have like lists of enemies uh we we don't maybe live in great fear of particular enemies uh maybe it's it's worth noting uh we are a part of a Bigger thing, a bigger society, this country, the U.S. of A. It's great. I really like living here. Um, our country has, we not only have a lot of enemies, we are an enemy to a lot of other people. So um, maybe that's something that we should think about more in this context. All kinds of difficult questions and implications and whatever. Uh, but I mean, the, the fact is, uh, I mean, we spend an incredible amount of money every year to deal with the enemies that we have or might have or maybe could have and making sure we don't have. Um, so that's like a, like a real-world impact that when you get a job and start paying your taxes. There's a pretty interesting website. I swear I'm not just like a crazy old man in a corner somewhere. There's an interesting website called nationalpriorities.something, probably org. Um, and it, it just it just runs through like, hey, check out our military budget and military spending. And especially as compared to everything else that we like do as a country and spend money on, like, hey, it's... Kind of crazy, that was like a trillion dollar plane we just dumped it in the ocean, We're like, ah, well, we had to do it. um anyway, so you do have some enemies. I'll start there um, and then there is also like uh on a on a personal side, a more individual way um do you have enemies for most of my life? I think no, not really is my answer, although um there are uh, certainly uh times people uh who hurt people that I love, those have become my enemies for sure. Um, There are people who, you know, more minorly annoy me, bother me, I think are stupid, whatever. Those could be enemies. There are people that I have wronged um, that that I am potentially an enemy to. Um, When Jesus says um, to love our enemies, I I think maybe it's a first step for us is is just to consider um, who are those enemies for us. The, the big, broad, like, culture-wide scale is nice, um, but also individually. This actually fits um, really cleanly with the stuff on um, anger and murdering. It's Like, yeah, you don't murder, but you're angry with your brother. I'm like, yeah, you don't have enemies, uh, uh, but <coughs> – excuse me. Um, you don't have enemies, um, but uh, you, you don't actually love these people in your life. Um, and so Jesus' bar here is you don't murder great, um, you're angry. You're, you're not angry great you're you're passive and you're isolated I um, mean you're not passive and, and you're not isolated you don't take the next step of actively loving uh the people in your life that that you could who who are your enemies for whatever reason uh, there's a challenge for us in there um and and even um again like with anger and murder um many of us are not like naturally violent people who are fist fighting with enemies Uh, but if we consider what is um the good news that Jesus is talking about here um what's the nature of it then um the shalomic rule of God in the kingdom that Jesus is bringing about um extends not just to active physical violence uh, but to to interpersonal bitterness unforgiveness strife avoidance dismissing other people and all of that applies, I think, can apply to us um, for who our enemies are and, and what we do about it, how we treat them. Um, and many of us, uh, maybe maybe mentally, maybe from our hearts, maybe in uh, uh, private, um, are, are actually really violent toward, toward other people, the ways that we think about them, the ways that, oh, I'm not talking to them again. And maybe it's not like far off, again, like bombing enemies, but maybe it's your roommates, Maybe it's your parents they annoy the crap out of you it's this the people that you you know really well um, who can become enemies and um who can and who we are tempted uh, to to not live into um, God's shalomic kingdom toward uh, and, and maybe that's an invitation for us to consider um, loving our enemies uh not lashing out in kind in the way that they've hurt us, not simply being passive and avoiding it. Uh, but in, in militant nonviolence, um, standing up and confronting, telling the truth, as Reed said a week ago, and we're people who, who tell the truth to each other in order that we can live the truth uh, because we have hope for uh, a better way. Um, that hope for the better way is uh, what, what all of this is anchored in also, um, not just like a disembodied uh, principle, like, I will not be violent because that is a better way. Um, it's, it's our whole story. It, it really is our whole story. Um, the good news is that Jesus swallowed up um, the, the violence and sin and death of the world. Uh, he didn't violently combat it. And he didn't step to the side and say, oh, sheesh. Um, he, he swallowed it. He, he took it on. It was a third-way approach. He said, hit me with everything that you have. And as I take that on, um, it will be swallowed up, and there a new way will emerge. Um, that's that's our not not just our model um, for for walking with Jesus in the third way, uh, but it's our, our living active participation with him. Uh, th- this is why it it doesn't make sense um, for us to be Christians um, who are following the way of the slain lamb, um, who are embracing um, violence. Active physical or um, isolated emotional violence. Um, the, this it's it's not in line. It doesn't mesh with the nature of that kingdom that Jesus has brought on. Uh, and so tonight, um, as you hear, uh, when and where and to whom is God calling you um, to embrace um, a third way to to do a lot of difficult work uh, to actively love uh, people that. You hate or hate you. Uh, the, we we can do it um, be, because we we've been baptized into Christ into exactly that way. Um, when when Jesus died, um, a new world was born, and we've been born into it. Uh, so we get to learn um, to to live that way, and it's it's possible. And there's lots of hard questions, uh, but but it's possible, um, and 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 we're called to do it. Uh, let's do it. But for now, let's pray. Jesus, you have taken on the violence, the sin, and the death of uh, this world. The violence, the sin, and the death that rages inside of us. Uh, And you didn't defeat it by beating it up because you're stronger. Uh, And you didn't get scared and run away and say, maybe things will get better. You you courageously um, stood, confronted. You told the truth. You lived the truth. Uh, and you've you've swal- you swallowed death. Uh, what are we gonna do? <laughs> um, help us learn to live in the life that you've brought. Uh, reshape our hearts. Expand our imaginations. Um, give us energy. Uh, to, to creatively love uh, because we've tasted uh, the reality of your new kingdom and because we hunger um, for the day when it will be uh, all made right. Jesus, help us. Amen.